It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, April 18th, 2023. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. The city of Sitka is taking steps to become more sustainable with a newly created commission and staff position. Over the next year, they'll be tackling three goals, developing a renewable energy strategy, investigating how to reduce the amount of garbage shipped off the island, and planning to shift the city's vehicle fleet to electric. KCAW's Catherine Rose spoke with Sitka's first-ever sustainability coordinator. She's been on the job for around eight months, learning the ins and outs of City Hall and defining the role. A marine biologist, Bree Gable previously worked at aquariums and museums, specializing in science, communication, and jellyfish. Now she's bringing that experience to city government. My name is Bree Gable, and I am the sustainability coordinator for the city of Borough Sitka. I've been doing it for about eight months. I grew up in the Seattle area, actually probably closer to Tacoma in reality. Um, In late 2021, my partner got a job up here and we decided to come up. The first part of 2022, I was uh, finishing up a $25 million museum expansion for a children's museum in Everett, Washington. This position popped up. It seemed really interesting. It it timed itself that right as the museum opened, I was able to start this job. And so now I'm up here very happily full-time finally. It's been a bit of a process, but uh, I'm I'm here now and I'm helping form this new position. So this was a really exciting opportunity and I'm having a great time so far. I know the role is new, but so it's probably evolved just even in the last eight months as you've been kind of figuring out what the day-to-day of the sustainability coordinator looks like. It, has it kind of taken a shape now? Can you can you give us sort of a general day in the life of a sustainability coordinator? <laughs> uh, no, not really, because every day is just a little bit different. But something that has become clearer as time has gone on is I'm a very strategic thinker. And with the insane amount of federal funding that has come out to support a plethora of projects backed all mostly around climate change but can be applied in many different ways I've, i never thought i was gonna say this but there's too much money there's too much money out there and so being thoughtful about what i recommend going after and putting energy into is is really important so early on a lot of my job was simply just learning city process right Now that I'm kind of shifting out of that initial learning phase, I can kind of see where the city's at and where they're positioned to receive some of this money and what they need to actually be primed and ready for it. You mentioned that your early work was with marine ma- marine animals, marine mammals, right? Just marine, 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 actually life? jellyfish specifically. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. I wonder, was it from an environmental standpoint that got you interested? Like, have you been interested in climate change? Does this job tap into any like long-term interests in your in your life? As we tackle climate change and all the other issues that are happening in the world um, really starts at a at a communication level. And the science behind it can be really tough. So something I've always enjoyed and am good at is that science communication aspect and trying to get people to be engaged. Because to me, that's just one of many barriers in this space, but it is the barrier that I am best suited to help bring down. So that is kind of the angle I am coming from. 
our climate affects everything. Our sustainability affects everything because it is so overarching. So even though my background doesn't quite fit, I have found that since I have been explicitly working in the sustainability space, it is highly interdisciplinary. I have met people who have backgrounds in social work, in electrical engineering, in political science. I have there's no one size fits all background for this work because it is so broad and sweeping, which is great because that means there's a lot of voices at the table, but it also means there's a lot to learn. What's your favorite thing about working at City Hall so far? While everybody has different things that they are working on, their intention is always the same, right? And at the core of that is making Sitka a livable community for all. Um, and that really does show. No one no one says no, Brie. We don't want to be sustainable, right? Everybody wants to do it. Everybody's in different places for it and have different level of understanding of what it means and how it can be done. So just being that little bit of a an assistance to kind of help either reshape or again provide that new perspective I think has been really well received and is something that I've really enjoyed doing. That was Bree Gable speaking with KCAW reporter Catherine Rose. Gable is the sustainability coordinator for the city and borough of Sitka. Juno's housing crunch usually worsens in the spring as seasonal workers make their way to town. But this year, one of the people who works to house families said the situation is just plain scary. KTOO's Yvonne Crumry reports. Dave Ringle works with St. Vincent de Paul, helping families and seniors find housing. Every time we house somebody, somebody else comes on our radar. He got an email from a fisherman from the lower 48 who planned to bring his large family to Juno for the summer while he fished. But Ringel knows how hard it will be to find housing for a family, and he's worried he won't be able to help. I don't want to see uh, uh, people like that come up here and become homeless, and I, I, I wish I had a better answer for people. St. Vincent de Paul housed 16 families in the last year, and they're working with around six more right now. By many metrics, Juno's housing issues are getting worse. State data shows that in the first week of February last year, there were about 270 people experiencing homelessness in Juneau. In the same week this year, that number is around 330. Ringel said there are housing projects and programs in the works that will alleviate the strain on the community, but those projects take a lot of time. It's a short-term emergency with few answers, and yet long-term we have to we're at a point where, as a community, we cannot be healthy without a larger supply of housing. Some people who do have housing are facing eviction due to large amounts of back pay rent from the pandemic-era eviction moratorium. St. Vincent de Paul helps with rental assistance, but their funds have been spread thin. We ran out of the money that was used for that because it was going out uh, almost 50 percent faster than it had any other year. While the evictions open up rentals that Ringel can move other people into, the people being evicted then face the same issues. He said often people end up on the streets while looking for another place. And I'm just hoping we keep people safe through the summer. In Juneau, I'm Yvonne Crumry. The Juneau School District and its teachers' union reached a tentative collective bargaining agreement Friday night. The teachers' previous contract expired last June. One major concern for the union was the district's proposed cuts to monthly contributions to health premiums.
Juno Education Association President Chris Heideman says the details of the tentative agreement will be made public once it's sent to union members later this week. Then members will vote on whether to ratify it. We feel like there are enough wins in this contract that that members should get a chance to voice their opinions on it. Superintendent Bridget Weiss says she hopes teachers enter the summer with a sense of closure and higher morale. We were highly motivated, like the union was, to get this to this point. So um, we really value the work that teachers have done. Once union members ratify the contract, a school board vote will follow. The world's largest flying salmon took its final swim upstream Monday. KSTK's Sage Smiley went to greet Alaska Airlines Salmon 30 Salmon in Wrangell on its ceremonial last flight. Salmon 30 Salmon 2, a 91,000-pound plane painted with a 129-foot king salmon design, flew from Seattle through southeast. The route, known as the Milk Run, stopped in Ketchikan, Wrangell, Petersburg, Juneau, and finally onto its natal runway in Anchorage, where the design was first unveiled. Travelers boarding the flight received shirts, hats, and other swag, including a free airline ticket, according to airline spokesperson Tim Thompson, who was on the flight. Thompson said passengers included 30 Alaska Airlines employees, who were selected from more than 800 who applied for the opportunity to ride on the ceremonial flight. Thompson clarified the flying salmon may still be in use for another few days, but that this was its ceremonial last flight, and it will be repainted soon. In a written statement Monday, Alaska Airlines said it looks forward to unveiling an incredible new design soon that, quote, celebrates the culture and people of Alaska and our connection to the places we fly. Photojournalist Brandon Ferris first announced the retirement of the giant salmon on Twitter in late February, citing an internal company post. Alaska Airlines then confirmed to the Alaska Beacon in late February that the Salmon 30 Salmon 2 jet would fly its final ceremonial flight before being repainted. The news came as a blow to some aviation enthusiasts who circulated a petition that garnered more than 2,000 signatures to save the intricately painted livery. Trident Seafoods bid goodbye to the salmon in a Facebook post just as it began its final flight Monday, saying the plane has been a visual commitment to seafood sustainability and responsible fishing practices. Alaska Airlines debuted a salmon-painted plane in 2005 with the first rendition of the Salmon 30 Salmon. The name for the design came from an incident in the 1980s when a bald eagle dropped a salmon on an Alaska Airlines flight. The original fish design was painted over in 2011, and the airline debuted a new Salmon 30 Salmon 2 design in 2012. The updated design was produced in partnership with the Alaska Seafood Marketing Institute, which promotes Alaska seafood products worldwide. In Wrangell, I'm Sage Smiley. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. Mm-hmm.